0: Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your
1: hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your
2: RV navigator, and Martha, the co-pilot, and we're talking to you live from our knee replacement recovery <laughs> our <room>. recovery zone. <laughs> She's still sleeping in the bed by herself,
1: Aww. and but I have stopped cooking. Six weeks I spent cooking three meals a day, but today or this week, she has. I've taken ass- back that.
2: assumed my responsibilities.
1: Oh, so recovery is going along.
2: It's like watching grass grow, but well, when you look back and think about what could I do two weeks ago, I can do more than I could do two weeks ago.
1: Right. And with the last month, uh, since the last podcast, we have uh, progressed dramatically. Today, we did a 1.63-mile walk, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Well, well there. They, no, no. Don't <laughs> laugh at that because that is a major step forward, so to speak, in your progress. And the real question is, will we be able to travel during this month? No problem. <gasps> no problem. You'll be able to get into the motorhome somehow. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Okay, Ken, you're
2: in for a real <laughs> well, here. Well, my knee wasn't working right before, and I still got into the motorhome, yeah. so I will get in there somehow. And you'll have a good time, I right? I will. I'm looking forward to it. It's been yeah. a long
1: time. So, yeah, we haven't uh, RV'd in quite a few months, and this will be our first adventure into the summer, and here we are just after Memorial Day, and the weather is perfect, the humidity is low, the temperatures are high, and the sun is out, so ladies and gentlemen, summer begins here in the Northern Hemisphere, and we're sorry if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, but <laughs> winter is coming. <laughs> do
2: you have listeners in the Southern Hemisphere. Well, we do
1: have a few. Australia. We we have Australia. Except they never have winter. You know, I was thinking... We did not meet anybody in South Africa. That we don't have any listeners in South Africa.
2: We didn't see any campers, per se, in South oh, Africa. Oh, we just saw did we? a few, yeah.
1: Tenters,
2: but yeah, not. Tenters. Well, we did RVing in South Africa ourselves. Yes, we did. So but we know they have campgrounds.
1: So if you are a camper in South Africa and you're listening to the RV Navigator Podcast, hey, Give us a shout. We'd like to hear from you. Well, we'd like to hear from you anyway. And you are listening to the RV Navigator for June 2023, Episode 218. And we encourage you to go to the RVNavigator.com website and take a look at the podcast notes, the episode notes for this podcast, Episode 218. So with that out of the way, we are ready to hit the road and talk about exciting topics. Well, oh, actually, we want to do a follow-up.
2: Was it last month that we talked about the device to help the, you the cats, prevent your catalytic the converter cat from being stolen from your car?
1: This has been a big problem, at least in the Chicago area. On the news, they have they just found a huge pile of over 300 catalytic converters that have been stolen. They broke a ring of stealers. They broke a ring of stealers. And mm-hmm. apparently you can steal the catalytic converter either off your car or... More important for this podcast, off your RV, they could steal it in about thirty seconds.
2: And our RV ones must be bigger and worth more,
1: just like every. Well, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I've never actually seen the one on our motorhome, but we apparently have one. And uh, last month, I talked about a, a device called Cat Safe, which is a means of protecting it so that they can't cut it. And I was a little skeptical about its operation, but. Due to the alert nature of our listeners, a a listener by the name of Iggy, who uh, actually is in uh, TGO with us in Florida, uh, sent me a nice link to a video that a fellow RVer had done where he did the install of the CatSafe, and he felt it was quite effective as a tool to keep... The catalytic converter from being stolen. It does cost 150 bucks, but when you consider that the catalytic converter would cost you probably over a thousand, and the aggravation of coming out to your RV one day and not (laughs) having one, and starting it up and hearing this roar, (laughs) and you literally couldn't move. You
2: can't move at all. Well, I know you're noisy, but you're noisy. No,
1: you can move. But you, you, would you wouldn't want to go far because annoy
2: the all the neighbors wherever you the, are.
1: The sound would be very annoying uh-huh. even going down the road. So you might want to hit our webpage and take a look at that uh, that link. Uh, it's he does a quite a thorough investigation about the product as well as the how to put th- it how on, to put it on, and and his very positive uh, reaction to the how secure it is once he gets it installed. So that's an interesting video for you to take a listen to. I yeah. would tell you the link, but. It would be impossible. Put it in the show notes. Yes. We'll put it in the show notes. And of course, our friends at Starlink <laughs> have made some major changes. Now we haven't talked about Starlink in a couple of episodes because it's kind of boring, I think. Well, it's- but. It keeps launching. They they have over
2: 4,000
1: satellites in the air. And and we're
2: not at the Great Outdoors to watch
1: them do it. If you're interested in Starlink at all, the real news this month is that they are offering a $100 discount on the hardware. And where do you get it? It says that you can get it at... This is a surprise. Best Buy and Home Depot. Most everybody So you, has don't, one of you those don't get the discount somewhere. if you go to regular Starlink. Get the discount by going to one of these two stores uh, 4 dollars for the hardware, which includes the antenna and the modem and the Wi Fi.
2: And the assumption is that anybody who's smarter than I am can install it and put it up by themselves. Uh, there is. Uh, There's not much to do? No. I think it's just a matter of. Turning it on connecting it, connecting
1: and plugging it in and setting up the Wi-Fi, which was the standard sort of Wi-Fi that you would have. And, of course, you have to have a, a clear view of the particularly the northern sky. Uh, but people are pretty enthusiastic about Starlink. They used to have an RV program and then they had this and then they had mobile. And so now they have a one that sh- that is usable in different locations. Now, well, that's well, different than mobile. Yeah. Mobile. Without a lot that you have to do about it? No, you don't have to do anything. Uh-huh. You just set it up and turn it on, and away it goes. It knows. So you want the mobile one. Uh-huh. Um, oh, boy, I'm confused now. But they have a, a mo- mo- mobile one that works while you are in motion. Oh, it's an in-motion one. Okay. Not mobile. In motion. And I should not
2: buy those because they're driving. They should keep eye on the road. Well...
1: It's the hardware is twenty five hundred dollars and the per month fee another, is two hundred and fifty. Another reason why So if you don't mind just having it when you're stationary, but you can move it, uh, you can get by for the four hundred ninety nine dollars and the monthly monthly of one fifty. So for high-speed internet, that's not bad.
2: But you said you think they're doing this because they're coming up with something well, better. You
1: well, know, that's <laughs> there is a lot of speculation, and usually when there's a sale to clear out hardware, that means that there's new hardware on the way. So, I personally am going to wait just a little bit longer because, well, we're not going you know, anywhere. We don't need it, and I think there's new hardware coming down the road. So, I'm going to wait for the new hardware. But if you are interested in in Starlink. Uh, The setup is quite reasonably priced right now.
2: Oh. This was a surprise. 12-volt propane fridges are going away.
1: We just heard an interesting report, and I think this is going to impact the RV industry quite significantly. There are two propane fridge manufacturers, Norcold and Dometic. And Norcold has shut its North American plants down and is now only making refrigerators Overseas, and the prices have gone up fairly dramatically. If you've priced out a dual refrigerator, uh, propane and and electric, you know that the prices are astronomical. I've been reading people who have re- trying to replace their old one, and they.
2: What, what are the Amish going to do? It's
1: not that they're not going to be available. They're just not going to be. They're gonna, just going to have to pay. You know, you can easily spend fifteen hundred dollars on a propane refrigerator replacement. And so the only manufacturer that's going to be left in the United States is Dometic. And the word is that Dometic is about to raise their prices once again because they are the only manufacturer.
2: No competition. And
1: that RV manufacturers are saying, "Eh, maybe we can keep the price down of our RVs by putting in standard Refrigerators. Now, let's just talk about this for a minute because propane refrigerators, propane electric refrigerators, use heat, a heating element, either a propane flame or an electric heating element to heat uh, the ammonia that uh, is circulated to cool the refrigerator. It goes up through your RV and out the chimney. If you are on a slide that means that the chimney is not very effective, and so it has to have fans. And so that takes up quite a lot of space on the outside of your RV. You know that a, a propane refrigerator has a compartment on the outside of your RV that uh, contains all the guts of the refrigerator, and those guts are basically a heating element at the bottom, and then the, ref- the radiator type of unit going up the inside, and then there's a vent at the top. So is this going to prevent people from boondocking? Well, that's one of the issues. One of the things that you can use to replace one of these refrigerators, these absorptive refrigerators, is... A 12 volt refrigerator. Now, one of the things that's happening in the like a little dorm walk. This is very interesting. Is is that there are several new manufacturers of refrigerators that are making 12 volt compressor refrigerators, and they're dramatically more efficient than the standard electric refrigerator that runs off of 110
2: that may end up being good done. It may end up being especially good. if you don't have a big rig
1: especially if you don't have a big rig you might want to get a 12 volt and of course that then eliminates one of the sources of the need to have propane it's a definite advantage to get rid of propane out of your rv if you can
2: and to me it, i always like the versatility of this kind of a fridge but the fire danger would be lessened then too
1: oh yeah That's and yeah. it doesn't take up as much space right. mm-hmm. because the compact refrigerators either 12 volt they're, but they're compressor refrigerators so the idea of a standard household electric refrigerator and a 12 volt refrigerator is they both work on the same model but the 12 volts uh, tend to be much more efficient and and frankly fairly expensive uh, in order to run on the 12 volt
2: and are you in danger of draining your battery of course yeah. you
1: have to have a source of power full time in an order to uh, run the refrigerator. And of course, we're going to talk about a solution for that in just a couple of so minutes. So, if I was
2: on a trip and I drove every day, would that be enough to? And that's one of the things that smaller
1: RVs, uh, class Bs yeah. and small Cs, those folks drive every day. And yeah, if you, have a, decent, if you have a decent, if you have a decent set of batteries, it will easily run one of these refrigerators. Uh, we, with three solar panels and eight batteries, can run our refrigerator almost indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And ours yeah. is a standard. Household, household or refrigerator, which means that it's big, it's cold, and that's one of the other problems that you have with the propane refrigerators is that they you tend couldn't to couldn't cr-
2: freeze the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and if you ever smell ammonia you know you have a problem immediately with the refrigerator. So there's there's a lot of problems with the absorptive refrigerators and there're going to be some people upset but if you're looking at uh, an alternative or if you go to the, to an RV dealer and you're looking at buying a new RV and it doesn't they don't have this the two-way refrigerator in it then you might want to uh, you you'll understand why I guess. And you can't go do the Amish solution anymore like we did when we had well you could uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's an option. What is the Amish solution? I can't quite remember. We took out our fridge and they put in... They put in new guts in the back end. Yeah. They put in a new burner and But they, it was still the same Same process. process, right. And if that's economical, that cost us over $1,000 yeah, just for cheap. the guts. Uh, and, of course, you don't need a door and the hinges and all the insulation stuff. So replacing the guts absorptive refrigerator is pretty easy because it just comes off the back. Whereas in a home refrigerator, I've never heard of them doing that. Mm-hmm. If it goes bad, you just replace the whole refrigerator. The cooling system is more integrated into the refrigerator. That is definitely something that you want to think about, dear listener, and take it into your buying uh, decisions when you get a new RV. One is you may not want to get a propane because it's you know it's going to break in a few years, and so you might not want to even have one at the beginning. And don't want to deal with it that RV manufacturers are going to look at a more economical solution.
2: Or they won't sell as many rigs.
1: Yeah. We have that very small portable refrigerator that we have that we bought recently, Mm -hmm. a chest model that runs off a 12 volt and really works good, Mm -hmm. I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And it cools down. You can either have it as a refrigerator or as a freezer. And I bought a little battery pack that lasts for 12 hours. So that refrigerator is probably two cubic feet or something it's pretty small
2: and because they don't have a lot of capacity even if the food gets a little unfrozen you're going to eat it right away anyway and then go to the store and buy more so.
1: yes but a regular but you can buy regular sized smallish refrigerators right. two door that sort of stuff
2: right um now
1: today's factor fiction is we talk about propane the question dear listener does
2: propane gas have an odor wait i'm supposed to ask you Oh, but I already
1: asked too. (laughs) True or false, propane gas has no odor.
2: Most every RVer has experienced the rotten egg smell when lighting a propane stove burner in their RV or has heard the expression, I smell propane. I am even guilty of saying it. The truth is, propane has no natural odor. What you are smelling is mercaptan, which is added to propane to provide the stink, letting your nose know that propane <laughs> is present. Just as mercaptan is added to natural gas, which is also odorless, as a safety measure alerting homeowners to a possible gas leak. It is also added to propane to inform ears and other propane users of a possible gas leak. Yes. For safety.
1: For safety. So... Propane does not have any odor. The odor is added afterwards. What does that tell you? You still if you still smell it, don't wait to get out of your RV or do something about it.
2: Open the window.
1: So, what is spot
2: tonight? Well, sometimes it's hard to find a last-minute campground, so these people have come up with a scheme where they have direct connections to top campground reservation platforms and have a free service which gathers real-time RV site availability from many locations into one central Marketplace. It's an all-new system that provides the most convenient way to find and book the RV campsite dates you want. And it's not a service solely for last-minute camping reservations. Spot Tonight lets you see RV campsite availability as far in advance as each property has their inventory listed. For example, let's say you know you want to stay at a specific property, but your original search dates are full. In that case, Spot Tonight availability calendar displays other RV campsite dates that are open and meet your rig criteria this is something new to us. I assume it's something new, period. And very recently we made um, arrangements to go camp near my sister who we haven't seen for two years and I was very excited to... It's been that long? Yes. That's too bad. To be able to go there and see her and the family again. And so we were sad to see that the campground we usually stay at is closing for renovation and we did a lot of research to find somewhere else to stay instead. So I put that location into spot tonight, and I was not very <laughs> thrilled by the search look results that I got because many of them were like 75 miles away, and I'm not going to do 75-mile round trips to go see my sister every day. Um, I wanted something a little closer, and we know that it exists. It just didn't have it in the database, so it's it's as good as the information that people give it. And I also did the same thing for the Titusville area where the Great Outdoors mm-hmm. is, and had similar long distance away kind of results so perhaps this is a resource that's still in development
1: spot number two night nite so take a look at it.com and take a look at it and uh, let us know what you find if it's valuable
2: especially if you find it useful we
1: we try to keep you posted with the latest stuff we can't really endorse any of this things and that goes to true for the next item Uh, we're going to talk about the car generator now this is a very interesting idea which we haven't actually given a try but why not use your car as a generator to produce 110 volts
2: they're doing with this with pickup trucks already right yeah
1: the other it's being sold as part of the yeah, deal. part of the deal but it's entirely possible for you to do this on your own now you can have a separate generator and we do uh, but You have to maintain it and keep it running and test it out every once in a while. Whereas this device, it's called Car Generator, hooks up to your car's generator with just uh, regular battery clips, clips to the battery, and it provides you with 110-volt power for you to use in your camper to keep your refrigerator running.
2: (laughs) Because you're no longer (laughs) at propane.
1: (laughs) Oh, well. You don't need it. So in doing the research, uh, I ran across uh, the founder of this uh, company, and his name is Jonathan, called him up, and we did an interview with him. So we'd like to share this with you. Now, understand that we have not tried this product, so we cannot really endorse it at the moment, but it really sounds intriguing. Like a good idea. Like a great idea. And it will keep your your
2: power, whether you're talking about RVing or just around your house. And I like the idea that it... Because you're running your car almost every day anyway, it keeps things going. So the
1: the generator, the, the power source, is something you're using every day, and so it's going to work. Uh, and then you just hook up this device to your car, and... Away you go. Because the little, got, you've the got little generator we
2: have for our home, which is kind of an emergency one, just sits there most of the time. Exactly. And you have to remember And it's a
1: big investment. To maintain it. Right. I, and I have to have gasoline on hand. Well, anyway, we talk about all that in the interview. So let's talk to Jonathan. We're welcoming today Jonathan Shlou. who Hello. is Thank you. Shlou. <laughs> <laughs> who is it's close. the, it's close the owner and inventor <laughs> of the car generator. And this is a very interesting product that I think you, dear dear listeners, will enjoy hearing about. He is in Toronto, and we are in Chicago, but we're doing this interview through Zoom. We've invited him to join us today and answer a few questions about his product. Uh, Let's first start start off by saying uh, it's cargenerator.com. And, of course, you'll find a link to that on our episode webpage at rvnavigator.com. But first, uh, got to talk about the basics. What does your product do?
0: Sir, thanks for having me on the show, by the way. So Car Generator, it's www.cargenerator.com, is a very simple way to uh, turn your car or tow vehicle into a backup or mobile generator. So the principle is really simple. Um, Every single car out there, and engineered by produce power, produce power in order to run headlights, cabin heaters, electric heated seats, all those kinds of things. And car generator is a very simple concept. We're using something called an inverter. It's a commercial grade pure sine wave inverter, but we're using an inverter to simply pull that power out. So instead of using, you can start your car in a cold day and switch the headlights on and the cabin heater and everything else. When you're not driving your car, you just shut all that off and we're pulling that power out safely to use it for running, powering your RV or powering your home in a backup situation for uh, running your home gas or oil furnace to run uh-huh. your fridges, freezers, your sump pumps for people who have basements that fill with water, all those kinds of things. People even have used it for um, running oxygen makers, CPAP machines, um, most recently kidney dialysis. They can use really? it for those kinds of really, because yeah. you think about it when the power goes out, you need if you're on kidney dialysis, an example, or you've you got a CPAP or an oxygen maker. I yeah, yeah. had a customer that had a had a, a special hospital bed that was an air bed, and the power went out, and they needed a simple way oh, just to be yeah, able to yeah. run that air bed. Yeah, so, yeah. car generator is a really simple device, and it only weighs nine pounds. Um, nine pounds for our dry use model, eleven pounds for our all weather model, but it's only eleven, basically eleven pounds so anyone can lift it or use it and it's super easy to use and when the power goes out simply start the car generating the front with a strap that's built in uh-huh. and attach there's booster clamps in it booster style clamps they're specially engineered engine heat-proof clamps uh basically you attach them just as if you were jump-starting a car and that's about as hard as it is that's that's all so and there's nothing there's, to like, install There's nothing to install. People that want to install an inverter in their car, you can buy an inverter and you can have someone go in and run heavy-duty cabling and try to install it, find a place for it. But our concept is really simple. You know, you don't really need it very often. But Uh when you do, you want to be able to just pull it out of the box and attach it in literally less than a minute and run an extension cord and plug in things in your house. People in California, as an example, They had PG&E started shutting off uh, power. They had wildfire, things like that. And they love this because they simply go out, start their car engine, attach this device, run an extension cord in, and your fridge stays cold. Your furnace runs. And it runs on any car for 50 to 70 hours.
1: Wow.
2: Um,
0: Wow. Yeah. So it really, it's a very simple concept. It's using an engine and a nice big gas tank. That's got fresh gas in it that you already have for doing just a different purpose. I almost think of it like, you know, my mom had one of those um, KitchenAid um, mixer things that was like, you know, it had all these attachments. You can run, you can uh, make dough, bread dough, you can make cookie dough, and then you can buy these things a meat grinder, and sausage maker, and pasta maker and And you kind of think of it like that in a sense where you can it's just a different way of using your that your car is that kitchen aid you can use it a lot for a lot of different uh-huh. things and you're just using a different way of 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 using that car
1: now now can I just take my r v because this is an r v podcast can I just take my r v and plug it right into this device yep
0: yeah. yeah so yeah you're you're Do I need an shortcut. adapter or anything uh yeah so you the only thing you'll need is what's called a dog bone adapter so if you uh-huh. go to a friend's and you, and you want to keep your batteries charged and use your things. You can get a 15 amp dog bone adapter. Most people have it. Or if you go to a campground and they only have 15 amp, it just reduces it to a regular household outlet. And then you basically take your shore power cord and you convert it using the 15 amp adapter and then plug it in. And what's great about it is that all of the circuits in your RV light up so uh-huh. you can watch TV, you can charge your laptop, you can, you know, just like as if you were on sort of grid power, all the outlets, some kinds of RVs have a built-in inverter, but only select out- outlets will work only just to run a shaver or a, right, or a right. TV or things like that. But in this case, all the outlets come to life and you can use it for, you know, within the power amount that you have, you can use it for lots of different things. So it's super simple. You go camping. Uh, <laughs> does, even- does it recharge my batteries? It does. And the cool thing is that it recharges your batteries at exactly in the, the RV. same in the RV. Uh it recharges your batteries at exactly the same speed that if you plugged into a campground or grid power, it would. So uh-huh. as an example, we have an Airstream trailer. We have a, we pull it with an SUV, a diesel SUV. And then when we, you know, we've got solar panels, we've got batteries and all these kinds of things, but you know, after a couple of days, two or three days, yeah. or it, or if you're in sites that are rainy or shady sites, you know, all those kinds of things, you can have all these solar panels, but it's useless. So after about two or three days, we simply just start our tow vehicle, let it run for a couple hours plug in this shore power cord into the car generator and it very quickly recharges those batteries back up to full or pretty close to full depending on what we want. Uh-huh.
1: And so how does it inter- interface with solar? I mean, if I have solar panels, do not you recharge the batteries?
0: They do. And so that's the interesting thing about it. So a lot of people have solar panels. Some people get like two, a couple of solar panels. Maybe they have two solar panels on the roof, or maybe three. So those would be eighty to hundred watts at best. Um, car generator is a thousand watts. So it's kind of like if you could, if you had ten massive hundred watt solar panels in perfect sunlight in the middle of the uh, of the day, having car generator is like. So we've got a real sweet spot for people that like to be off grid. They've got solar, they've got good batteries. They're really proud of it, really happy about it, you know. But then sometimes Mother Nature just doesn't cooperate. You've got rainy days, and you've got shady sites, and you just need power. And in fact, that's one of the biggest things. Some of the really clever tech people in the in the crowd they 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 say, "Hey, dude, that's just an inverter. I can buy one at Harbor Freight for yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. for super cheap."
1: Yeah, that would but be a question.
0: Not, right, but that's actually kind of not the point because when it's pouring rain and when, you know, like if that was the solution, then ever would everyone would have already rushed out and bought an inverter. So what our product does, is it's patented and it's fully weatherproof, enclosed, engineered enclosure. It's a really a turnkey product. So uh-huh. literally anyone can use it and you can use it in pouring rain, in cold and hot in snow ice whatever you've got going and that's really the magic of car generator it's a weatherproof engineered patented product that anyone can do all you do is you take it you hang it on the front of the car or your tow vehicle start your engine attach the cables plug in your extension cord and it can be you know it could be pouring rain outside and that's actually what we found sometimes the most often when you need backup power if you're in a campsite It's a really nice site. You're settled in there for a couple. Honestly, that's when you want to probably be inside watching TV or doing something. And that's when you need power. So that's the magic of car generator. It'll work in any weather conditions. And honestly, no one else has done that before. And that's the very unique thing. You know, if you have an inverter from Harbor Freight, you know, good luck. How are you going to do that? You're going to put it in your engine compartment. It'll overheat. You're going to short it out. You know, you're combining, you know, your car and your RV Mm -hmm. in pouring rain or bad weather. Like what could go wrong with that? But (laughs)
1: I can also go to a Harbor Freight and for less than $500 by a thousand watt generator.
0: And that's a really good question. Um, Probably the answer I would start with is your neighbors. It's a great way to really annoy your neighbors. I once camped beside someone and he had, a generator. It was a thousand watt. It was a super cheap one, a Sportsman or some super cheap ba- brand. And he ran that thing, and it sounded. I, I kid you not. It sounded like someone who was running a a leaf blower or a, like a chainsaw beside us. Uh-huh. And they just let it run. But the number one thing you'll notice when you're camping is if if it's possible at all, you you don't want to annoy your neighbors, right? Because everyone's in this together, and trying to run a noisy generator that smells. Is really not fun. So the number one reason why you'd use car generator in that way is because it's quiet. It's also much, um, so it's as quiet as your engine just purring. And most people, we've run it for many many hours, and no one even has even noticed. Not uh, neighbors beside us or anything. So. so idling your car is less noise than the generator. It sure is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what's why that's surprising. Some people are really, you know, proud of. Oh, look at this Honda generator I have. It's very quiet, and they run it. And you listen to it. Wow, that's really quiet. But it's only pulling hundred watts. But ramp that thing up to what it's supposed to be putting out, which is a thousand or two thousand, and you get a whole different animal. It sounds like a, you know, like a, mm-hmm. like a, a lawnmower, and and it really is. With a, with generators, there's no filtration. There's almost no emissions control. With your car, there's thousands of dollars of emissions control management computer systems, and there's a house around the engine there's a whole engine yeah, compartment yeah. there's sound baffling so i would say pretty much any normal modern type of vehicle or car is very quiet um, as opposed to it uh, try running those generators full load that they're rated for and you've got a whole different animal when they ramp up so
1: but my car can idle for 50 or 60 or 70 hours that three days it, it, i can leave it just running. <laughs>
0: It, it sure can, and it's interesting because you know I would say one of the people I did an interview yesterday, and one of the people he said he was an old car guy, and uh-huh. I said that's that's the operative word. Uh, if you're running a '59 Studebaker or something, uh-huh. then yes, there you know I wouldn't idle it for a long time. But the truth is that any modern vehicle can idle quite safely and comfortably. Now, there's a couple of things. If you have a diesel vehicle, like I have a diesel, yeah, a yeah. diesel Mercedes SUV. Has the Um, regeneration? Yeah, it's got a filter. But what people don't know is, when you're idling, it takes about twelve hours to fill up that DPF filter. So we just simply say, if you're idling your car for more than eight hours, just disconnect and take it around the block for fifteen minutes and regenerate. Now, Uh in truth, most people that are camping only run this for two or three hours. Their batteries are getting low. They just start their car. They run it for a couple hours. It quickly recharges their trailer batteries, and they shut it off. Pretty rare that you need to run it overnight and, you know, for days and days at a time. Like, I would say, honestly, if you need to run any kind of power for that long, you know, if you're trying to camp in the middle of Florida in July, um, just, like, go to a campsite. Don't even try running. If you're, you know, no one wants to hear a motor running that long. It's nice and quiet, and it's efficient. And the other thing, we've actually shot videos uh, people ask how much gas does it use. Not that that's the most important thing, but about roughly on par with what it takes to run a portable generator versus a car. And the difference, even though it's kind of surprising, we've actually shot videos. You can get an OBD scanner, the vehicle scanner, mm-hmm. and you can see the fuel rate. A lot of the new cars, you can actually see the fuel rate. The reason is because a bigger engine. That's much more sophisticated versus a small, dumb, sort of primitive engine. That's why you know, even though it's a bigger engine, it's much more efficient and it's a much better engine.
1: Can I run my air conditioner and my heater in my motor? So that's in my uh, my trailer.
0: So that's a really good question. So people ask, how much power can you safely get out of your car? Our all-weather 1,000 watt model is. Pretty much across the board, applicable to all different vehicles out there. But the best way to find out is if you call your car dealer and you hit the parts department, you give them your phone number or your VIN number, the parts guys will tell you exactly what the rated amps of your alternator is. And it's a very easy just divide that in half. So reduce that in half because it's idle speed times 12 volts and that will give you idle speed times 12 volts oh really Uh, i know yeah find out your rated amps yeah um they'll tell you what's your the amp rating of your alternator reduce it by half reduce it Uh by half times 12 volts Uh so as an example if you had a 200 amp uh, alternator which is that'd be very big though Uh, i would say most of the alternators out there most of them are 160 and up um, uh-huh. The reason is any most of the modern cars now have so many electronics, electronic and yeah. electronic seats. power steering, there's and, so much
1: yeah.
0: Oh, there's everything. There's us. Yeah. There's all these so phone chargers. So most of the vehicles out there, I would say, even a really basic minivan, you know, uh, even an older minivan will have a hundred and sixty amp alternator to one hundred and eighty amp. So even with that, divide that in half, times twelve volts gives you about nine hundred watts of power. So can you run your air conditioning? The answer is if your alternator will support it. We have a 1,500, 2,000-watt, and a 3,000-watt model of car generator. But just do that simple math. Find out. So if you've got someone that's got a pickup truck with dual alternators and they can easily run our 3000 watt model. But again, most of the time, the way I really say it, if you have to, if you're air conditioning just for a rest stop or for a couple hours to cool things down, that's great. But if you have to leave it running, you know, overnight or days on end, maybe you want to go to a campground with actual plug in, or just buy a regular gas generator in that case. So.
1: So if the car stalls while this, while your device is, is operational,
0: does Mm -hmm. does it sense that? It does. If your car, for some reason, and there's, we've got very detailed, very simple instructions. So number one, uh, if your car okay. engine actually stalls, the the car battery will only support the load for probably, you know, a minute or a couple of minutes. And very quickly, it'll go too low and our, our product will just simply shut off. Uh-huh. And that's all. Will so, I be able to restart uh, it? <laughs> Yeah, generally speaking, uh, because if you put that much load on the car battery, it'll just drain it down partially, but then our product will safely cut off. But Mm -hmm. I I think I would say in all of our history of being in this for seven years, actually in market for the last four or five years, I've only heard of that once where they overloaded it and they didn't follow the instructions. So one of the instructions we have is there's a voltmeter that's on the front of car generator, very prominent and very easy to read. And our instructions are really simple. As long as that stays above 13.5, 13.3 volts,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's all you need to do. And as long as it is, your car, the alternator is putting out all the power, and we're never taking power from the battery. It's, it's only from the yeah. alternator. We're never risking the battery. We're never draining the battery. That was actually one of the first questions I went on Dragon's Den in Canada, which is like Shark Tank. Yeah, and uh-huh. that was the first questions that actually landed a deal for a hundred thousand with double investors on there. Yeah, yeah, that's on, impressive. On national TV, it was really cool. But that was the first question they asked: How long will it last running the battery? And of course, we answered it.
1: That's good. So uh, I have a, a motorhome of, and it has yeah. a generator built in. Do I still mm-hmm. need a, a car generator?
0: Probably not. If you've got a built-in generator, I wouldn't make a lot of sense to run the the big engines. Motorhomes is not really our market that way um yeah i would think it's so. more tow it's tow behind vehicles but it's also people that want a really simple home backup you know and it's interesting let's talk about home backup for a second yeah this yeah a that's really, a good idea you know there's two kinds of people one kind of people they want the experience the generac experience where you know the power goes off and they see yeah, it on the yeah. commercials this great big motor on your front lawn starts up you know, roars to life. This is a car you paid almost eighteen thousand dollars for that you almost never drive. Um, you, this great big motor starts up on your front line. You can run laundry, sit in your hot tub, bake air a conditioning, heat, air conditioning. And you know what? God bless. Have a great day. But I always say to those people, keep a bottles of really expensive champagne in the fridge, uh-huh. because when that's running, it really costs you four hundred dollars an hour to have that. You know, if you're the average cost of those Genrax is between. Ten, fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars, including permitting and this and that, and then you have to maintain them. So, for the couple hours a year, maybe a couple of days, you get. You know, you better really, really want want that solution because it it actually did cost you a lot of money to have that. Now, on the other hand, there's a lot of people. Power goes out; they just want a way without rocket science and very reliable to just run the fridge, keep their food cold, keep the. You know, if you think about it, if you unplug your fridge. You're the sump pump fridge fridge alone you're going to lose food your freezer you might lose 800 to a thousand dollars worth of food uh, as it starts to melt your sump pump your water's going to uh, build up in your basement and that's going to be thousands of dollars and hassles and cutting out drywall and ripping up the carpet and it's so easy just start your car and it, by the way it works on gas <coughs> diesel hybrid and pure electric cars pure electric as well it's basically just pulling from the battery from the big battery it's it runs about the same amount of time and if you have a hybrid car generator is the world's most efficient generator because what happens the hybrid car starts up runs for about five or seven minutes and then shuts the gas engine off and then we just continue the big battery and then when it needs to, with a couple hour times an hour, just restarts. you if you've ever driven a driven a hybrid car, you'll. We see have that. a hybrid, and so perfect. What well, do you have, have like a two? A, a Rav four, Perfect. Those are great. So you'll notice when you. are So using I hook up to generative. the twelve volt battery, you or do? do I hook up yeah. to the big battery correctly? No no, 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 some 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 crazy science science like hacker people have done. Because that's that. a big big voltage. Oh my goodness! I mean, I mean there are hundreds. of volts. Good good for you if you want to try that, but no, I don't it's not worth to me it's not worth risking my life. So I would never touch no. that big battery. But what's beautiful is Toyota or any hybrid manufacturer builds in what's called a DC to DC converter, which basically take that Two or 300 volts in the big bag, which is safely there. Uh-huh. And it down converts it very efficiently to 12 volts. And then we just pull that out and it's very smooth, very efficient. But you have to have a running and, to do that, right? Yeah. You just, you put it on in ready mode. Uh-huh. We actually have a Toyota Highlander hybrid
2: uh-huh. and we, yeah, had yeah. Big, same we had a big, big
0: ice storm. Yeah. yeah, exactly the same. We had a big ice storm. We had no power and we used our a Highlander hybrid running around the clock for three and a half days, which was about 80 hours, and we ran what we needed in the house. And when the power came back on, we used about half a tank of gas, roughly. Because with a hybrid, it just starts up and it, and it shuts, and it starts uh-huh, uh-huh. refills the battery. So versus a big smell gas generator, if you have a hybrid car, car generator is the smartest, most efficient. And then when the when the gas after fifty or seventy hours, if it's extended, just drive out, get some gas, come back, you know, continue on your way.
1: I see more and more of the EVs are having bidirectional charging. Is this going to be a threat to you?
0: Um, oh, and I wish that they could move that along. But the the, the thing is that it's called V2H or V2G, which yeah, yeah, is vehicle yeah, yeah. to home or vehicle to grid. Right, right, right. And it's this and it's this big, you know, thing. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And eventually well, it'll come. But but it's also very expensive. I mean, it's it's there, but it's also very expensive to get the bidirectional. Some like to get it's, all. It's that, available
1: you know, in like, several cars, and that it is that, in the truck.
0: It is the Ford, uh, and actually, I love Ford especially because two years ago they came out with their Ford Pro Power on board. So the F one hundred and fifty standard gas F one hundred and fifty, you can get a thousand watt inverter built in, and it can idle. Ford says for eighty five uh-huh. hours. Well, oh, that that's yeah, so, that's a,
1: a vindication of what you're doing.
0: It is such a vindication and nothing is just, it's a truck. It's the engine. And so our market is, is tremendous because there's a lot of people that just don't want to buy a $70,000 new truck. They want to use the vehicle they've already got. And they just want to get backup Mm. power occasionally from it. And that's really our sweet spot. People love that.
1: So I can see me buying one of these because one of your products, because I just went out uh, before I knew about this and we have a little 2000 watt Honda for the house (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it
1: it wouldn't start and you know i had to mess around with uh, uh cleaning out the carburetor and you know getting gas for it and making sure i had enough gas in a separate tank and stuff and so and something martha could actually hook up Hi, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well you, well, you say
0: it weighs 11 pounds i mean that's really not 11 pounds I, I'll yeah. tell you a story. I was at an RV and an air, uh, kind of RV show, and I a couple came up and I started explaining car generator to them, and they said, "Oh no, no, stop! We already have one." And they said that they already have a nine thousand watt generator. You know, nine thousand. Well, eight or nine thousand, he said. Yeah. If Armageddon happens, we can you know pull it out to yeah, the yeah. garage, fill it with fuel, and power everything in the house or Whoa. whatever. But he said, <laughs> right? But but he said, if I'm away traveling and I'm yeah. not there my wife needs something really simple. That's not intimidating. It's not scary. About the only scary thing is just hanging on the front and attaching the built-in booster clamps. And you'll see lots of videos. It's not actually very scary at all. So if you can, Uh you know, if you can do that, that's about as scary as it gets. And then you just simply start your car. You don't have to pull a cord. You don't have to yeah. worry about a battery. And then the bigger thing is before I did this, I ran a tech company. And before I invented this, I ran a tech company. We sold it. And then we got an Airstream. We started traveling. But at that time, I actually ho- stored a whole bunch of gas cans in my garage. Yeah. Because I figured really the power really dangerous. <laughs> which is really dangerous. And it's a hassle. You have to go and empty them and put them into the car. and like Yeah, because I
1: don't use them. it very often.
0: No. And it's just a hassle. It's another thing i got to do every six months is go and yeah. empty these silly gas yeah. cans and refill them and they sell. And, and you see those lines when there's a power outage. You see these lines of people out at the gas stations trying desperately to fill these little tiny tanks. Well, just use your car. But before a storm comes in, just go out and fill your car or cars with gas and go and go go have a good sleep and forget about yeah, it. And if you need great. to, car generators pull up. And, and that's really what it's about.
1: Now, I had my battery (laughs) in my uh, Grand Cherokee replaced recently, and the guy said, oh, we hate these because the battery is under the front seat. Yeah. So what do I do? How do I attach my car generator?
0: I'm glad you asked that question. Um, I have the exact same setup. In my uh-huh. diesel SUV, we have the batteries under the passenger seat. Sometimes yeah. it's in the trunk. In the some of yeah. them have four, and Toyotas, it's in the trunk. Well, so that's it.
1: Know. I don't know the Rav Four. I don't know how. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know where the really, battery is. It's, it's really easy. You don't actually attach to the battery. You attach uh-huh. to what's called the jump start points. Every car will have designated jump start points, and it's usually in the engine compartment. So, in your Jeep, if you open under the hood, you'll see on the firewall. uh uh, right by the passenger side there's a little red flap you open and there's a there's a plus and minus like a red Uh and black and Uh that's where you that's where you attach it to so you never Under Uh under the hood yeah and that's why car generator is designed to hang on the front of the of the vehicle and it's fully weatherproof so once you've hooked it up you can gently lower the hood not slam it shut but just do that first latch so it's very simple and very easy. And then the best thing about it is when you're done, just just disconnect it, roll it up, and put it, put it away. We store it in our trailer. I can store it under my bed in the trailer. There's no fumes. I can store it in the back of, you know, Sorry, in the back phone. of. No problem. I can store it in the of my, um, my truck or my car. Some people store it in the minivans and those little secret compartments under the seats. So, really depends whatever you like.
1: Now, I noticed that one of the special products that you have is an Airstream specific.
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> we do, and I'll admit, you know, all my life. Is this vanity first, in action? When I first saw an Airstream, I actually I loved it. I just love the shininess, the silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but look of it. But and then so I created this product and people love it. But then I What's thought, it? man, I wonder if I could amp it up just a little bit. So it's actually kind of cool. It's in a sleek silver case that's not exactly the Airstream color, but it's very close and it's got a riveted you know, so <laughs> so it looks kind of it matches the look of the Airstream and it looks really cool. Uh, <laughs> it's surprisingly. it's the same same buy, guts. It's yeah. It's a hundred bucks more. Um, oh! people yeah, it is people people have actually bought these that don't even they actually own an bought airstream. them that's a surprise. That, no that, that don't even own an airstream no, they just buy it because they because it's cool, so maybe one day we'll do one in a completely clear uh case that that could be kind of funky and cool, but anyways, it's, it's yeah, really it's really
1: sirrene or something yeah
0: yeah
1: well it's it's been very very fun talking to you, and I think that this is a great product, and I hope that our listeners uh will check it out further and once again, your website is
0: www.cargenerator.com and when you do check it out and you buy one uh just comment that you found out about it from your uh from your it's always good to know we always love to hear find out where people heard about our product and um and we really we really appreciate it so thanks for having us on there so you know by the way for old school if anyone wants to ask questions about it you can Uh call our call us as well Uh, we have very good north american we're fully north american company so this is produced actually in north america shipped across canada and the united states anywhere shipping's free and included so call us at 800 750 4660 or go on to cargenerator.com um, lots of good videos and pictures and we're we're here to help if you have any questions that we can help anytime available on amazon it is actually available on on amazon that's That's interesting i did a search and i didn't find it yeah we we don't really like selling on amazon as much because it's interesting that you're very disconnected from the customer and we actually really love our customers with amazon it just goes into a warehouse and it gets shipped out we don't even know who has it and we really love our customers we love to know who they are and support them and get you know find out so we prefer to sell from our directly from our own website
1: well we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today i i'm sure our Listeners will enjoy listening.
0: Thanks. My pleasure. Have a great day.
1: Well, that was a very interesting interview. And I can see you actually having uh, using this type of device because it's light. You don't have to carry it. Yes. That's and a the generator. generator is fairly heavy, and you have to pull the cord to start it, and you have to prime it, and you have to put the choke on, and you don't know about those things and don't want to know about those things. And it
2: sounded like I could probably not kill myself. Electricity always scares me. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
1: can you plug in a yeah, uh, plug? Yeah, that I can do. So you just plug in a cord to run it in the extension cord. And, of course, we occasionally have power outages. And I it can helps. even see it on, on picnics and things. Yeah. You, you know, you want to you keep your 12-volt refrigerator, the little cooler type one we have. That would be a nice way to do that, too. And, and running, run your TV in the woods. <laughs> in our car, I have to admit, it is very quiet and idle.
2: Yes, and we, there have been- <laughs> we've, we've forgotten to turn it off a time or two.
1: <laughs> there's the time I came out of a restaurant, and there's a car in the parking lot with its lights on. I said, what idiot left their lights on in the parking lot? And we walk up, yeah. up to the car, and it was locked and running, and it had automatically turned on the lights because it was getting dark. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was when that car was new to you, we'll say. It. Ladies and gentlemen, embarrassing.
1: talk about embarrassing.
2: Time to talk a little technology here. Um, We've
1: talked about streaming services quite a lot, and the fact that the prices of of streaming services are really going up dramatically. Probably the most comprehensive streaming service is uh, YouTube, offered by Google, but it's seventy five bucks a month. Wow! Yeah, but you get a cable like system and a DVR and all that sort of stuff. And it
2: has a lot of stuff on it. it.
1: Has well. It has the usual stuff, and you can get local channels, mm-hmm. and it has a fair amount of sports and that sort of stuff. But that's a fair amount of money to spend. Now, if you would like to look at something a little bit cheaper, like free.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I like it already.
1: <laughs> uh, I've been taking a look at Pluto TV, dot com, And Pluto is, has a huge number of channels, over 200 channels, and they're all ad-sponsored and free. And you can just download the app, and away you go. You've got 200 channels that you can watch at any time. And the channels are kind of interesting because they have channels that are focused focused on a specific um, program from the past, like the Johnny Carson channel or Survivor channel or probably the soap operas. I don't know. I didn't look at them all, but they have a lot of different channels that are specific to... Programs from the past,
2: and you can see over the air if you're in a big market. Is over there, the air, right? In, in a bigger market,
1: uh, yeah. So you might want to take a look at this. Uh,
2: It's—I'm
1: not sure it's exactly an alternative, but it certainly offers you a slew of choices.
2: Oh, they also have CNN and Fox Sports.
1: With hundreds of channels, Pluto TV has a sleek cable-like interface. You can watch—oh, that's another thing—movies on demand, TV shows, and even live programming without having to pay one cent however since there are over 250 tv channels to choose from you may be looking at for help and narrowing down to, for the best ones
2: the viacom owned pluto tv
1: has a decent selection of on-demand movies and shows but where it really shines is in live tv streaming viewers can browse live channels from a grid similar to Cable
2: TV Guide experience. The lineup draws heavily from Viacom's other properties, so you can tune into TV Land Drama, BET, Her, MTV's Jersey Shore, and VH1's I Love Reality. They also offer other recognizable brands like CNN and Fox Sports, though those run curated clips, not the actual live broadcast you'd see if you watched them on cable. Okay. So,
1: is that something we would have? Uh, I have tried it out, but I don't really watch much of those things. I like to be much more in control of what I watch. But for a lot of people, that would be a viable option if you're looking to cut your streaming services. (sighs) A busy show here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Even though, once again, we haven't gone anywhere. (sighs)
1: Yeah, but we have but
2: we're going to yeah. the Indiana Dunes next month.
1: That's this month, right. Later this month. Later this month. And so next month we'll have lots of <laughs> RVing topics to talk about. Although we did pretty well today, I think, don't you?
2: Well, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> so the RV Navigator once again is winding down. Most of all, we know that it's time for... All of you to make plans for RV travel during the summer. Think about getting on the road and enjoying the RV experience. Summer is finally here.
1: And we have until Labor Day. <laughs> so, dear listener, we appreciate you listening. We would hope that you would send us an email and let us know what's going on in your life so that we can make so that we can share any expertise that we have. We'd like to hear about comments about this podcast, this episode and let us know what's going on with you. Other than that, we hope to see you at a campground near us in the not too distant future.
2: Happy travels and stay healthy. Bye now.